0: Tonight, we celebrate tonight. We celebrate about how Jesus defied the odds, because here's here's the deal. The odds are if you're dead. You're not coming back like it's done. It's over with like there's no coming back from that. And Jesus beat the odds and and he came back from the grave. And and guys, that is a powerful message. That's a powerful message. It's, it's, that is the message that separates Christianity from all the other religions in the world, from everything else, is that our God, our Savior, he died. And here's the deal: like, he wasn't just like, oh, dead, and like they defibrillated him, and he's like back. No, no, no. He was dead for how long? Three days. You don't come back from three days, you don't do that. But Jesus did, but our God did, and, and man, that's that's what this is all about. That's that's what we're excited for, and, and so the message of Easter, the resurrection, is a message that can change the way you think about God. It can change the way we live, and, and when you change the way you think, it'll change the way you live, and I want you to know that tonight. When you change the way you think, it'll change the way you live. So today... Tonight, I hope you'll consider changing the way you live, the way you think about your life, the way you think about Jesus, and ultimately the way you live. And I, w- I want you to know this. In the book of Acts, and this took place after um, Jesus had, had, was crucified, uh, died, put in the tomb, resurrected three days later, came back and saw a bunch of people, like even like a crowd of 500 and all that kind of stuff, and then he left the earth. And then all of a sudden, I think we even touched on it last week. All the disciples, uh, they started going out and preaching. And, and I want to read this to you. This is what Paul said in, in Acts 17.32. He said, when, when they heard Paul speak of the resurrection of a person who had been dead. Some laughed. That, that's kind of obvious, right? Paul's talking about someone who had been dead. and Like, yeah, he died. There's no way. I do know. But then others said, well, hold on. I want to hear more. I want to hear more about this guy who, who died three days later, came back to life, and, and he, he showed us how to live. I want to hear more. And I, and I hope tonight that that's our heart, that I want to hear more, that I desire to know more, that I want to be closer to Jesus. Tell me a little bit more. Like, I want to be closer to him. Um, tonight, if you're here and, and you're just kind of curious about this Jesus thing, and you, maybe you're curious about spiritual things, maybe you're you're here tonight and you're not even a Christian. That's okay. We're glad that you're here, uh, and maybe you're 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 interested in the person of Jesus, but not really Christianity. And and you may be asking some real serious, um, real life questions, like like stuff like, would trusting Jesus with my life really change anything? Yeah, it will. Would, would committing to follow Jesus really affect me tomorrow when I wake up? Yeah, it will. Will Jesus make any difference in my life? Yes, he absolutely will. With, with my friends? Yes. With my family? Yes. With my future? Yes, absolutely. And I believe the answers to your question is answered in, in Easter. And the answer is yes. I want you to, I'm going to read this um, in Acts 2, 22. It says this, it says, people of Israel, listen. And this is kind of a cool part because they're calling them out. They're saying, people of Israel, listen, you nailed him, talking about Jesus. You nailed him to the cross. You murdered him. It's your fault. But they're like, however, God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life again. I love this last part. For death could not keep his grip. Death did not destroy Jesus. Death didn't take Jesus. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. And here's the deal. Here's what you need to know. Jesus, he really did die. He really did die. I don't know if you know the story or understand the story on the cross. like it, Even like the crucifixion and how he was beaten. And, and how he was, the, the Bible talks about how he was beaten so much, he didn't even look like a human. His beard was pulled from his face, was plucked out of his face. He was punched, he was hit, he was kicked. They, they took, a, they made, because they were making fun of him, because he said he was the king of kings. He said he was the Lord. And, and so they were like, okay king, so they made him a, a crown Made out of thorns. I don't know if you guys have ever seen thorns—not like stickers, but like thorn bushes—and they made him this crown with thorns, and they shoved it down on his head. And, and then they beat it like the, the Roman soldiers were professional at torturing people. Like this is what they did. This is what they were good at. They were They would break people down they would destroy them. And then Jesus had to carry his own cross. And I think they said it was somewhere around three miles. He had to carry his own cross to the top of this hill where there they nailed his hands and his feet to the cross. I don't know if you guys could even imagine that, but I'm sure you've, you've stepped on a nail or you've You've stuck your hand with your pencil or whatever, something like that. That hurts. You've got a splinter. That hurts a lot. But for a nail, and you've got to imagine too, like he's hanging up on a cross. So it's got to be a big nail to be driven into your hands and into your feet. And you're just hanging there. Jesus really died. He died for the sins of our world. And here's the deal. Jesus was really buried. He was put in a tomb. Day one, he's still dead. Day two, he's still dead. Day three, well, where'd Jesus go? Like, you guys, you gotta know, you gotta realize, they had Roman guards guarding the tomb. They had people standing there on guard watching making sure because the the prophecy said or 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 the people said that he would rise again so they put guards there they put a, a a huge boulder in front of the tomb so so no one could get in there they did all this stuff to to make sure that the body of jesus the dead body of jesus stayed inside that tomb three days later he's not there anymore he's not there anymore and then Jesus resurrected. He's alive. And I love, like, for, for people, and there may be people in here tonight who, who you, maybe you doubt. And i got to be honest, I've been there too. I've doubted some of this before, and I've doubted these things before. But I love how later on, after Jesus resurrects, and he comes back, and, and um, he, he shows up to the disciples. And, and who wasn't there? Does anybody know? Thomas. One of the disciples wasn't in the room and, and so he shows up to all these disciples and they're all excited about it and and then Thomas shows up later after Jesus left and he's like, I, that didn't, what? No, that didn't happen, no way, huh? I'll only believe it if I see the nail marks in his hands, in his feet. I'll only believe it if I can put my hand in where they they jabbed the spear into his side. That's when I'll believe it. A little while later on, it, it, it's amazing, coolest story. They say Jesus showed up through through locked doors, and he shows up and he goes straight to Thomas. He's like, "Check it out, bro. Here I am." And it was just, and he was like, "I believe, I believe." And and so for for people who doubt, for Thomas who doubts, um, it, there, there's, he, Jesus destroys our doubts. Jesus destroys our field, our fears. And this Sunday, it's it's all about the resurrection. It's all about the resurrection, and the resurrection is the backbone of our faith. That's what it's all about. 1 Corinthians 5, 3-6, it says, um, I passed on to you what was most important, and what had also been passed on to me, that Christ died for our sins. Just as the scripture says, He was buried and raised from the dead on the third day. As the scripture said, uh, He was seen by Peter. And then by the 12 apostles. And then after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. And then a little bit later, 1 Corinthians 15, 14, it says this. And if Christ was not raised, then all of our preaching is useless. And your trust in God is useless. See, if all of Christianity... Is writing up on that one event of the resurrection. I didn't mean to say if. I said all of Christianity is writing on that one event, the resurrection. See, if the resurrection wasn't true and Jesus was just dead and he didn't come back, if that was not true, then all this preaching that we do is totally useless. There's no point to it. We're just like, talk about self-help. And like, you can do it. Like, you, you know, all this is useless if the resurrection wasn't true. If, if the resurrection wasn't true, all the apostles were total liars. See, because what they did after, after Jesus came back, they, they, they testified of their life. And, and you know what? They even died Later on, and some of them were even crucified themselves. They died a brutal death. Do you think if you were, if you were, if it was a lie that these guys would have died for a lie? No. If the resurrection is not true, it means that all of our faith is meaningless. Like we're we're no better off than some guy who worships a cow or the stars if the resurrection is not true if the resurrection is not true we're all trapped in our sins we're slaves to our sins which ultimately leaves us empty all hope is gone if the resurrection isn't true and if the resurrection wasn't true life ends at the grave for us Life ends at the grave. There's nothing after that. But the resurrection was true. And the life doesn't end at our grave. That's where life just begins, you guys. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you can have that eternity with him that he promises. It doesn't just end at the grave. The resurrection is the backbone of our faith. So tonight we're gonna we're gonna take communion together, and um, this is just if you're if this is your first time here for this this is just kind of something that we traditionally do that always the week leading up to Easter. Um, but before we do that, let me let me tell you, give you a little bit, a bit of background. Um, the night Jesus was captured, like earlier that day, Jesus. Was having a meal with his disciples and and what is known as the Last Supper, which is interesting that everyone ate on one side of the table. It was all for a picture, but that's a bad joke. Sorry. Um, but what was Jesus? What Jesus was doing in this moment? What the disciples were doing in this moment? They were they were celebrating a feast. Um, it was a feast called the Passover and jewish people held uh, were held in captivity by the egyptians as slaves and and maybe you've heard the story that story before of, of the 10 plagues the 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 people of israel were were held by the egyptians like they were slaves they were working and and then god told them to let my people go and it was this battle back and forth and they sent these these 10 plagues and and the last plague was the passover even today, even to this day, um, Jewish people celebrate the Passover. But God told Moses that the death angel was going to pass over the land and the firstborn son of every home was going to die. But God said, you know what? There's a way out. There's a way out of that. Go out into the field. Find the, a perfect lamb without spot, spot without blemish, no, no stain, nothing wrong. A, the perfect lamb. And then he said this. Take the lamb and slaughter it. Take the blood and smear it over the door of your house. And when the death angel comes. Through the land, They'll see the, the, the lamb's blood over the door. And the death angel will pass over your home. And that child will be saved. Because of the blood of the innocent lamb. See that Jesus the night. Before he was crucified, they were celebrating the Passover. But at this point, Jesus changed the rules. Jesus changed everything. See, just like the blood of, of the spotless lamb, of, the, of the, the perfect lamb, saved their home, Jesus is now saying, I am that spotless lamb. I am that perfect one. And, and just like that, that saved them My blood that will be poured out on the cross is going to save you. In 1 Corinthians 11, 23, it says, uh, this is what the Bible records, what Jesus said. um, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread. And this is at the Passover meal. He took some bread, gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces. And he said, this is is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. And he's saying, anytime you eat this bread, this represents my body who was destroyed for you, that was broken for you, that you can have healing for. Remember this anytime you eat this. And then verse 25, in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. It's an agreement confirmed by his blood. Do this To remember me as often as you drink it. It says this for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Can we have our our band come back to the front? See, the reason that we take communion is to remember him. And to remember what he did for us and what he did on the cross. For us, And what he not only he did going up leading up to the cross, but what he did for us uh, in the grave and what he did for us in the resurrection. Because of the resurrection, we can have eternity. We can have life. We can have future in him. And, and he says, anytime you do this, you need to remember my body that was broken for you. You remember you need to remember the blood that was poured out. On the cross for your sins. We are to remember that. See when we celebrate communion. We're, we're to remember his body. And to remember his blood. That he shed for us. And he said I want you to remember. See I want you to remember. That I lived on this earth. As one of you for 33 years. I want you to remember. The fact that I lived a sinless life. I want you to remember my teachings. I want you to remember my miracles. I want you to remember the blood that was poured out for you. I want you to remember that I was arrested. I was abandoned. I I was beaten until I didn't even look like a person. I want you to remember that they put a cross on my back. And they nailed my hands and feet to it. And I want you to remember that I sat there on that cross. Hanging in between God and you. And absorbing the wrath of God. I want you to remember that they took me off of the cross. And then they, after I was dead and my, my body was dead and they put me in a tomb. But I want you to remember that I didn't stay there. They thought it was over. But three days later, I got out of that tomb. And I went to heaven. And, I, and as I went to heaven, I promised that I was going to come back. And if I, keep, if I promise I'm going to do something, I keep my word. And I want you to remember that. That I'm coming back for you. And I'm going to take everything that's wrong and I'm going to make it right. Because I am the Lord. And I want you to remember that.
1: I'm Ashley. Uh, my parents didn't grow up very religious. And I kind of took it upon myself to come here. And Brooklyn invited me been coming ever since and it's just changed my life i i feel more confident and it's just an amazing experience and i met so many amazing people so i'm just thankful for the lord everything he's done for me
2: i'm chad like recently, y'all know Ethan pretty well. He like he's been kind of new to the church. Um, Like, I mean, I kind of invited. He kind of more just brought upon himself. Like, you know, come come to church with me, come to church with me. And um, he went a few weeks, and then he got saved here, like right right there. And ever since then, like. He thinks that I've really impacted him spiritually, which I haven't had much of an impact. I know it's all God, but I see, like, like, he's motivating me in so many ways. Brings his Bible to school, like, every day. Uh, Reads it, I'm sure, more often than me. Tells more people, you know. And, like, I'm just, in this experience, God has strengthened me. I never really had a friend who, like, I guess I determined, like, brought to Christ, but now I do, and it's just made everything more real to me, you know, that God really can't change somebody's life and just turn it around. And just thing I guess I'm just thankful for Ethan, and little does he know that he's, I think he's changing me more than, I guess, I brought change to him, so. Awesome. Um, I'm Braxton. Um...
1: I don't know if this is, like, really appropriate to share, but, like, a few of you know that, like, a few years ago, I was actually raped, and, um, kind of impacted me, and I, like, pushed everyone out, and I pushed God away, and I really haven't, like, like, through through the years, I didn't really, like, take the time to, like, like, get closer to God, and I kind of, like, pushed Him away, and got, like, further away, and, um, Garrett actually like showed me this. He like he invited me here, and since I've been here, I've like became closer to Jesus.
2: So. Well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Zach, and um, something that my family in just a moment of um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking for clarity, I guess. So my family knows more about me, better about me than most people. that I kind of struggle with some anger issues sometimes. And uh, a while back, I felt like I was abandoned by some of my family members. You know, they're just kind of like, you know, where'd you go in my life? You were my best friends. And uh, sometime recently in the past, you know, a few weeks or so, God just kind of gave me the heart to forgive them, even though I was like so like very much hurt by them. You know, my closest family members, and God gave me the heart to said, you know what, I died on the cross for you, bro. And I know your sins and they're numerous and they're daily and the least you can do is forgive those who have hurt you and wronged you. So I thank God that He's given me that spirit of forgiveness.
3: What's up? Um, I don't really. If you guys are new here, you probably don't really know me very well. I see a lot of people I don't really know. Um, I'm Dustin. Uh, I'm in the currently in the Navy right now. And um, something that's really impacted me. If if you're not really familiar with um, some of the stuff in the military. Um, when I joined the when I joined the Navy, I was doing it um, to be a Navy SEAL, which um, the program that you go through is called BUDS. Um, and if you guys don't know how that works, you go through first phase, which is I'm sure if some of if you guys have seen what's that movie uh, that Lone Survivor I think has in the beginning where they're going through all that crazy stuff. That's what they're doing. And in Hell Week, um, I ended up quitting. Which was a really um, Well, if my family would know And some of my friends that I've known for a long time That's probably really the only thing I've wanted to do In my life And to You know, I I went to a place where I was I felt like God had Almost toying with me You know, making me Because it it was kind of confusing why God would make me want to do that For 19 years just for it not to happen For absolutely no reason You know, it felt like it didn't. It didn't really make sense why God would give me my only desire in, in life to be something that's never going to happen. So, um, and luckily I got past that part in my life, and I, you know, I still feel like I want to do that because a lot of, if you've been to Buds, you know, a lot of the Navy Seals have actually quit before. Probably about 40% of them have quit before and then come back, which you can. is a long, obviously a longer process, but it still, it still does happen. I feel like. What happened in my life is God showed me how much more that I wanted to do. So it wasn't about me quitting Hell Week. It was I knocked myself to the lowest point. If you're going to stay at the bottom, that's truly how you're quitting. That's truly how you're, I guess, giving up. You know, you gave up. You technically gave up. You know, once, but really the only thing um, is if you're going to if you're going to go back at it. So. I know a lot of people have. I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily know if that specifically, you know, doing something and then just giving it up like that. But I know almost every single person is going to be confused in their relationship with God, and they're going to feel like nothing makes sense right now. And I'm telling you, it's it does make sense because there's stuff that's happened in my life now where if I was still in buds, none of that stuff would have happened, and if I was. I guess if I was, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily f- feel like I was ready in that. Could in that line of work, not being ready for something is, you know, could get somebody killed. And I felt like that was was my process to go. And you know, for me, it, knowing myself, I'm not very patient. And I remember thinking the whole time, you know, I was just not. Jack knows exactly. He's smiling. He knows I'm not very patient. I'm. You know, I want things now, I want to be, you know, I've wanted to do this my whole life, I want it now, I want it, you know, and if having to wait two years or three or however long it takes to do that, you know, that's what, that's the process that God's going to get you through. So, and, and also something that I do is I kind of plan everything out and if it doesn't go my way, you know, I kind of freak out because I'm, that rhymed, I, I. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think I think way too far ahead and I'm thinking this is how it's going to go. This is what's going to happen. Okay, if it's not happening, what, you know, there's something wrong here. And you may have a goal and there's going to be things. I mean, I can't really think of anything, a hurdle in your life bigger than, okay, it's absolutely not going to happen. Even if it's absolutely not going to happen, if you feel like that's what God's brought you to do, if you feel like that's what you're supposed to do, it doesn't matter. Okay, you need to get past it. You need to go with God. You need to realize that no matter what is happening, no matter what you can see right in front of you, if that's what God, if that's the plan God has given you, then that's what you need to do. And it's not about quitting at that moment or what you did in the past. It's about are you willing to get back up from that? If you're willing to not loathe in your self pity and not just, you know, oh, woe is me. You know, this really sucks. God, why the heck did you do that? Because, you know, I, I didn't really want to wait that long. And, you know, it, it's almost embarrassing to tell people that, you know, I gave up. And so I'm, I'm just saying that no matter what happens in your life, you need to keep going and keep persevering and keep trusting in God because God doesn't just give you a desire for no reason. You know, he might some, something might feel like it's not for any reason, but I promise you God is is looking out for you and he's going the process that is the best way possible for you.
0: we got time for one more. Yeah. I guess.
1: No, Jackson and I were actually talking this week about, like, our future. Like, what does God have in store? You know, what is... A lot of us are questioning, what is God's call for our life? So, in just thinking, I felt like God had really, in that moment, talking to Jackson, God really spoke to my heart and, he, and for me personally. But not so much, God, what do you want from me? What is my future? What is your call on my life? But God, how can I further your kingdom? What can I do to bring you glory right now where I'm at? No matter what, if it's in the Navy, if it's in high school, where, if it's at your job, whatever it is that you do, God, let, how can I bring you glory? How can I further your kingdom? How can I advance your kingdom? How can I draw people in to you, Lord? And so I think I don't know. Does that kind of go with what Dustin's saying? Like, that's just been something the Lord said to me. Cause even, you know, I've got kids and I'm 35. I know, I know it seems like I've really arrived, (laughs) but I question sometimes what is next for me? You know, when Jet goes to school next year, what will I do? You know, like just these questions, what do you want from me, God? But I don't know, just in that moment, he turned things for me. How can I, what can I do for you? How can I further your kingdom? That's all I want to know. That's what we're here for. So,
0: anyway.